Hi guys, my name's Jason Mountford and this is the UK Money Podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things to do with money. I talk about investments, pensions, um, ISAs, different, uh, not just shares and equities, but gilts, bonds, basically anything to do with investing or using your money better uh, and things like that. I also try, or I'm going to be trying especially, to start covering some more broader topics on uh, why is money important? What does money uh, mean to you? What is the reason we all want to get more money? So more around things like, um, you know, objectives for your life, objectives for your career, and just sort of trying to think about what we're actually trying to achieve by getting wealthier. So on today's episode of the podcast, I'm sticking to more traditional investment topics, um, but over the, the kind of coming weeks, I'm going to be starting to broaden the horizons a little bit on what this podcast talks about. And with that in mind, I'm also lining up some guests. So uh, I've mentioned this before, and there's a couple of people that I've got lined up already with plenty more um, ready as well. And my thinking really behind that is that, you know, I, I am a financial planner, I provide financial advice, that is my area of expertise, but there's definitely things that fall outside what I would call my, my, my area um, that can be really beneficial. So, um, you know, things I'm thinking of there are, are areas like mortgages, uh, mortgages, tax advice, um, some of the more, comp- not complicated, but more detailed info- information around like points, credit card, cash back offers, those sorts of things. So there are going to be some different insights coming onto the podcast. I'm also going to potentially or, or probably have some other finance experts as well, some other money experts, um, because again, I think... You know, I, I have my own views on things, but finance and money is one of those one of those areas where uh, there's lots of different ways to skin a cat, to use the phrase. You know, there's definitely different approaches that you can take in order to get to the same end objective. So I think having some other perspectives um, on the show, talking about their views, talking about their background is going to be really useful to you guys. If you have anyone in particular who you'd really like to see on the podcast or hear on the podcast, then get in touch with me, please. Um, it may be someone, another finance podcast that you really like listening to, uh, another finance YouTube channel maybe that you really get into. Um, let me know. Um, I, I would uh, love your suggestions to make sure that I'm, I'm giving you the people that you want. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about or answering the question, what is ethical investing? Um, and there's lots of different phrases and terminology for, for ethical investing. It's also known as ESG um, investing, impact investing, green investing, um, lots of different ways to kind of uh, label it, I suppose. And today I'm going to be talking through, I guess, what it is uh, and then what I see as some of the key challenges if, you, if you're looking to invest that way, some of the uh, overall themes of how the investment world is changing um, because of the rise of, of ethical investing or green investing and just kind of going over that whole subsect of the uh, of, of investments really. I'm getting, it's one of those ones where I'm getting a lot more clients asking about it. Uh, a lot of people are uh, either bringing it up themselves or when I ask the question, um, I'm getting a lot more people who are saying that that is something that's important to them. So um, that is what I'm going to be talking about today and covering today. Um as usual, if you have any questions that you would like me to cover in the podcast, then please get in touch. Uh, if you've not seen before, if you go down to, into the show notes uh, on your podcast app here, it gives you an option to, to leave me a voice message. So if you, all you have to do, oh, whoop, just threw my pen across the room. All you have to do is uh, open up the podcast, um, 
the episode show notes below and you'll see a button there where it says leave a voice message. So you can hit that, it will take you through and you can just um, ask me your question that way. You can also get in touch with me via email, jason at jasonmountford.com uh, and there's links to my, my website and YouTube channel and stuff in the show notes if you want to check that out too. And I'm going to throw in the usual disclaimer like I always do, um, like I have to really. I I am a financial planner. That's what I do in my day job. That's what I, uh, I provide financial advice to clients every day. Um, but this isn't financial advice. You know, the podcast is just me talking talking, giving you my my uh, my ideas, my thoughts, giving some information, um, and hopefully you will find it useful. You know, hopefully you can uh, adapt some of that, that information to your own circumstances. But it's not financial advice. So if you are looking to make any changes to your own financial situation, just make sure you're really comfortable with any decisions you make. If you're unsure, um, if you don't feel like you can really get your head around it 100%, then I definitely recommend a professional. That's what we're here for. Um, and we can provide a lot of value and make sure that you're doing the right things with your money. But um, as for today's episode, let's get into the question of what is ethical investing? Now, it's actually a much more difficult question to answer than you might think. And the the number one reason for that is it's a very broad, broad term. You know, what is ethical investment or green investment um, or responsible investment, whatever terminology you want to use, that definition is going to be different for different people. So the first challenge that investment managers and financial planners have when they have a client that says, I would like to invest in a socially conscious way or I would like to invest in an ethical manner is there's not a one-size-fits-all portfolio that um, that can provide for that. So some examples of um, assets or, or asset class, not necessarily asset classes, but um, economic sectors that are either in or out when it comes to ethical investment. Now, um, places like uh, or companies that create or build, manufacture firearms is a really good example um, because a lot of people have a problem with that, have a problem with, with war in general um, and, you know, government policy around war and the, 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 that whole kind of industry. Um, that is a, a hot topic for a lot of people, but for other people, they don't really care about that. You know, they're more focused on environmental credentials and climate change. Um, by the same token, there are a, a lot of investors who don't want to invest in tobacco products, alcohol companies, and uh, others, again, who don't care about that. So just off the top of my head, you know, there's three really massive industries that um, potentially would either be in or out of an ethical portfolio, depending on what the client's individual views are. So the um, and it's not just uh, it's not just, you know, personal preferences, also things like uh, religious Religious views, you know, um, Sharia investment is is another whole subtext of investment which has some crossovers with with what is often considered um, uh, ethical investment. But again, it's a, it is a different. It's got a different set of rules. So that's really the first challenge is that there's no uh, there's no single definition of what um, what denotes or, or what what is is involved in having an ethical or a green portfolio. So from that perspective, it's kind of impossible, really, to um, to have a definition of what is it, what is ethical investing from the standpoint of what is in an ethical portfolio or what is in a green portfolio. Um, so I guess right off the bat, my, my point I'm trying to make is that when we're talking about 
um, investing in a sustainable way, investing in in an ethical way. It's more about the ideals that sit behind that and the ideals of the person rather than a hard and fast um, set of criteria that denote whether a, a company or an investment is in a portfolio that is ethical or is not. And if we're looking at kind of a more broad uh, answer to that question of what is ethical investing, effectively it's just investing in a way that imparts your own personal values and morals onto your investment portfolio. So, you know, I've just kind of mentioned a couple of reasons or a couple of um, areas there where people might do that. And it's just basically flowing through, you know, if you've made decisions in your personal life where... Uh, you think climate change is a, a, a really big issue, for example, or um, you're against smoking and drinking, um, you will make decisions in your life that that represent those values. So you'll make sure you recycle, um, you'll make sure you use renewable energy when you can, um, you know, all those sorts of um, environmental kind of decisions that we can make in our day-to-day life. Investing in a way that supports that is just a further extension. Uh, the same with, with alcohol and tobacco. If you've decided that that's not for you, you might abstain from it in day-to-day life, not really be keen on bars and that sort of thing. And again, you know, your investment portfolio is just an extension of those beliefs. And I think, you know, really, uh, I guess one key point to, um, to also cover right off the bat is that the investment, the world in general is heading more this way, right? I mean, we all know that. There's a lot more focus put on... Um, uh, companies being more environmentally conscious, um, having a social conscience, doing things that are right for the world as a whole. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, the capitalist system is alive and well, companies are there to make a profit. But it's got to a point now where the negative PR from making shitty decisions from an environmental standpoint or an inclusion standpoint or whatever can impact bottom, your bottom line. You know, companies don't want to be in a situation where they're getting boycotted or there's a huge amount of negative press because of the decisions that they've made. So we're at, we are at a point in, in investing where there is a, a slant towards companies being more ethical because that is more important to consumers than it ever has been. So even if you're not um, making the choice to invest in a specifically um, ethical portfolio, or ESG portfolio, responsible portfolio, your investments are likely skewing more that way anyway. And you know, if you, um, you know, I, talk, I talked, mentioned just before about the decisions that you make in your in your personal life. You know, at the end of the day, that is the the number one way in which companies will change their attitudes or change their. Um, the, the ways they work. You know, if it impacts their hip pocket, they will make that change. So there is this change happening anyway. Um, but And so therefore, investing in a specifically ethical or responsible way is just taking that a little bit of a step further. Now, it can be um, it can be a real positive for, for for obvious reasons. You know, you're encouraging and you're you're putting money into organisations and into companies, into fund managers that are promoting this. Um, but there are challenges with with how you structure that portfolio. And I, you know, I've talked about that a little bit in terms of uh, already in terms of defining what actually sits inside an ethical portfolio. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge you've then got is um, well, yeah. So you decided what assets and what types of companies you want to have in, and what what companies you you don't necessarily. Um, but even that question becomes a little bit more complex because there's two ways you can approach it. Basically, you know, you can have, you can make the decision where uh, I use oil companies as, as oil companies 
as a really good example of this. So you can either decide, look, I think that oil companies are or fossil fuels are terrible for the environment. I think we all need it to switch to renewables and I don't want to support, I don't want to own any um, part of um, Shell or BP or, or anybody like that. I don't want my money going towards fossil fuels. And that's that's fair enough. You know, that's a, that's a, a reasonable argument. The issue you've got then is that the people who should most be involved with those companies are potentially not. You know, what you don't want to have happen is everybody, and I'm going to really generalize here, make it very black and white, which is not how it is, but just to make, just to illustrate the point really, really closely, is, you know, what you don't want to end up with is a situation where everybody who cares about the environment isn't a shareholder in any of the oil companies, and all of the people who do hold shares in the oil companies don't give a shit about the environment. You know, that's kind of the really extreme example of where you can get if everybody who has a really strong social conscience stays away from investing in in, in companies that, that need to change. And this is where you get the term, um, the term known as activist investors. And there's um, not just individuals, but some really big investment companies. I think BlackRock are pretty, pretty hot on this sort of stuff, where their position is that to really um, make a change in the world and to really drive forward ethical investment, green investment, it's actually not about avoiding the, avoiding those companies at all. It's about two things. Number one, choosing to invest in in the companies that are that are um, that are making the biggest effort to change, um, and then two, uh, getting into those companies, holding enough of a uh, a percentage of ownership of those companies companies where their voice can be heard. So, you know, if you own 0.000001 of BHP, no one is going to care what you say at the annual at the annual general meeting at the share, at the shareholders meeting. You know, your vote doesn't matter basically. If you're BlackRock and you own 12% of BHP, which I don't know if they do, I don't know how much they own, if they earn any, but let's say they did. If, if you own 12% of BHP because you're looking after all these billions of pounds for, for people all over the world, you've got a lot of say at that table. You know, if, if when they're approving what the plans are going to be for the next 12 months, when they're, talk, when they're pre- presenting their um, climate change plans to their shareholders, if you're sitting there as a holder of 12% of the company, you have a lot of power and a lot of sway as to what decisions that company makes. So again, it muddies the waters even further. You know, do you look to just make sure you've got none of that stuff in your portfolio, or do you kind of look at it in a more pragmatic way and say, well, the companies aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Let's make sure that we're in a position where we can implement or try to implement as much change as possible. And again, you know, that is down to personal preference, how you feel about investments, what your own philosophy on it is, um, whether you're um, whether you're just wanting to make sure that you feel more comfortable with what you hold in your pension or your ISA or whatever, or if you're if you're kind of looking to try and um, or not looking to because you know as an individual investor you're not going to be able to change it yourself, but if you're kind of open to the idea that change is going to happen slowly and it's going to happen with the involvement of of the big companies rather than just trying to cut them out completely. So it, it's a different take um, depending on, on on what your your personal views on it are. The kind of flow-on issue from that then is, um, is how you construct your portfolio, especially your equities portfolio, um, because the 
the the truth of the matter is that the more restrictive you are on on what you want to have in your portfolio, the less diversification you're potentially going to have and well, not potentially, you are going to have less options for diversification, but then I will say the uh, potentially the uh the less um uh, sorry, the, the greater the volatility you're going to experience. And that's not a guarantee um, because essentially what happens is that the less diversified your portfolio becomes, the more extreme the outcome. So, you know, it might be that actually by cutting out alcohol, tobacco and firearms, again, as a random example, actually over the next 10 years, those three sectors perform really poorly. And just by doing that, you've actually created a situation where your portfolio is actually going to outperform. Unfortunately, the opposite could happen as well. You know, those three sectors may actually really perform very, very well. And therefore, by excluding them from your portfolio completely, you may end up underperforming the overall stock market. So effectively, the more restrictive you get, the less choices either you will have personally or the investment manager you employ will have to create that portfolio. And, you know, the the most extreme... um, the most extreme version of of sustainable or responsible investing, ethical investing, is only investing in companies that have a mandate to improve um, the environment, for example. So it would be companies that are solar energy companies or companies that create, uh, what's that one that's going around at the moment? Vegware, I think it's called Vegware. They make like uh, takeaway containers and stuff that are made from like cornstarch or something. So they're like fully... Um, fully, what's the word? Like they decompost, compost. I don't know. You know what I mean. They, they don't. They're not plastic, so they don't stay in landfill for a million years. So you know that's kind of the most extreme version where you narrow it down to specifically just to companies whose sole business mission, sole business purpose, is to make a profit by providing a service or a, a product that is more environmentally friendly than the alternative. So if you do that, you could, you know, your portfolio is very green inverted commas, very ethical, but it's also going to be very restricted. So these all just come down to these questions about, again, just like anything with financial planning, anything with investment, it comes down to your views. How important is it to you? How much additional risk are you prepared to take um, in order to have that kind of those ethics ticked off um, or how much more volatility you're prepared to put up with? How much re- potential re- lower return are you prepared to put up with? And again, you know, it isn't something where, you know, this is this is an area where the, the world is moving more towards anyway, um, but it's just one of those ones where you're going to have to decide what, what degree is important to you. And actually, it might not be important to you at all, not from this perspective. You know, it may be that you want to... Uh, you may, number one, you may just be a person who is all about you and doesn't really not that bothered about what's happening with other people in the world, and that's your prerogative. That's that's not a problem. Um, that's that's your choice to, to live your life how you want. It may be that you want to get to a stage where you have enough money that you don't need to work anymore, and you can volunteer at a homeless shelter three times a week. But at the moment, you can't do that because you're working full time. You know that is potentially a way where you might say or a scenario where you might say, look, I'm going to put my money into where I think it's going to earn me the biggest level of return. And one of the reasons that I, I'm not bothered about any other stuff is because it will allow me to impact the world in a, in, a, in a positive way in a different way, like say, volunteering 
or being able to look after your grandkids more, which will free up your 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 family to to pursue the things that they want to pursue. So you know, we all we all have different standards as to what providing good to the world means, and there's no right or wrong at all. It's just um, making those decisions consciously and understanding, you know, what is in your portfolio, what does that mean for the returns, potential returns, what does that mean for the volatility, and am I comfortable with that? Now, so far, all I've talked about is equities, the share market, because when um, when we're talking about ethical investment, that tends to be where most of the conversation goes because that's the most obvious, you know, the biggest, um, I don't know, polluters, negative parts of the economy tend to be um, companies that are listed on the stock market, you know, whether that's an oil pipe that's blown up in the Gulf of Mexico or, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies that are being taken to court or whatever. They are the big stories that are very obvious to us when there's companies that don't seem to be doing the right thing. Um, But depending on your level of risk in your portfolio, there'll be a really large percentage that's not made up of equities. And it gets even, to be honest, it gets even more difficult uh, to put a, an equitable, uh, an equitable, uh, an ethical slant on um, property holdings in your portfolio, gilt fixed interest, cash, uh, alternatives. You know, this there's, there's, is growing, but there's not really um, much in the way of green or ethical investment available in those asset classes. Now, I did a video a little while ago at the uh, at the when Rishi Sunak spoke about the did his last um, last budget speech, and one of the things that he talked about there was the idea of a green gilt, um, which is like a bond, government UK government bond, um, and green savings products, which is through national savings investments. Now I haven't actually checked; I should have checked before I started recording this, but they were due the national and saving the national savings product was due to be set up. They said it. They just said in summer 2021. So um, that's kind of the original plan. Um, and the idea there is that, you know, if you remember when we talk about gilts and bonds, fixed interest, that's effectively a company or, or more commonly a government raising money to then spend on, on often capital projects. So, you know, HS2, building a new hospital, um, stuff like that. Um, and broadly speaking, there's not tended to be a lot in the way of of that those forms of, of investments and those forms of fundraising from the government's point of view that have been specifically denoted for green investment or ethical investment and that is that is what Rishi Sunak uh, announced and so the idea with that is that again the 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 money that they raise on these particular bonds or this particular national savings product is going to be carved off and only used for environmentally friendly green ethical projects. Now again, you don't have any um, you don't have as an investor you don't have any say as to what that means, where that money actually goes and it may be that the end result is there's some portions of that money that you don't particularly see as ethical from your own standpoint of your own values and morals, but it's a step in the right direction of 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 carving off um, some of your fixed interest um, allocation to to green or, or ethical investments, but you know they're not very common. You know they're they're, they're very rare around the world. Um, there's not many governments that do anything like that. Um, and if you're not investing in a specifically uh, a specifically green or ethical um, fixed interest in, in instrument, you don't really have any uh, any. 
not only not only you don't have any control over where that money ends up, but actually it can be quite opaque. It can be actually quite difficult to, to see uh, and decipher where that money has eventually gone. You know, and and there's lots of things that the government does, not just our government, but loads of governments around the world that people don't agree with, um, and that then creates a whole bunch of other questions of, you know, do you stay away from particular government bonds because their regime is a bit, regime, that's the wrong term, their government is a bit too left wing or right wing or wherever you happen to sit on the political spectrum. You know, it can, you know, you can see how this can become a real minefield and a rabbit warren that ends up, you can tie yourself in complete knots and end up with a, with a portfolio that's really, um, you know, potentially still doesn't actually meet all your own um, your own ideals around what investing ethically actually means. Um, for for funds like property, uh, other asset classes like property and um, and uh, alternatives, hedge funds, things like that, it just gets more and more difficult. So you know, I think I think the idea behind it is generally that if this is important to you, I guess my, my if I'm if I'm kind of summarising, summing up my overall thoughts on in, investing ethically, um, is that when you uh, if you're going to do it, you have to go in understanding that it's not going to be perfect. You know, you can make some broad changes that will maybe make you feel a bit more comfortable about how your money's invested, but it's probably not going to tick all the boxes that you would like to tick be ticked. It's potentially not going to be. Um, as robust of a portfolio as it would be if you gave yourself the option to invest in anything, but you know it can be closer to what um, what you eventually want it to look like. And I think you know the other the other really important point to make on it is that you know the more demand there is for this stuff, the better the options we'll get. And at the moment, you know it's it's still a fairly new area of finance, a new area of investment uh, management. So it is improving all the time. Um, it will get better as time goes on. But the only way that it will get better and that the options will get greater is if there is more interest in it. So it's kind of that, that chicken or the egg sort of scenario. If investment companies don't see there being a demand for this kind of stuff, their incentive to provide it is just going to be lower. Having said that, it is at the point where the majority of fund managers, not fund managers, but platform providers will have a number of different ethical or green investments uh, options that you can choose from. So if it is something that you're interested in, kind of regardless of who your pension is with or who your um, you know, ISA is with or whatever, if you jump on their website, have a look at their investment selection, you know, there's almost guaranteed to be some options there that have a bit of an ethical slant on them. So have a look at it. Um, you can generally see, you know, the uh, the fun fact sheets. If you go and jump on and look at look for the fun fact sheets, that will provide you with the fund manager's own um, how they're running the fund, basically. So it will give you some idea as to, you know, what are they leaving out? What are they making sure that they still have in? You know, what are their objectives? What are they focusing on? And you can kind of see whether that aligns with your own thoughts about it. So I would definitely suggest having a look at that, even if it's, you know, even if you you don't feel that strongly about it, it can just be a good way to understand, you know, the kinds of things that are that are happening out there in, uh, in investment management circles, really. So I hope that's been useful. Um, we've kind of, the, the, the question we've talked about today is what is ethical investing? Uh, and hopefully that's provided you with a bit of a broad overview of, of what it actually is, the different ways you can approach it, and some of the challenges that you've got if it's something that's that's quite important to you. Um, 
like I said at the start, you know, if you have a question that you'd like um, answered, the reason I've, I've spoken about that question today, I didn't get that from a listener, but I've had that from a few clients over the last few weeks is that that's been, uh, I've seen quite a marked uptick in people asking me about that um, just in, in, in day to day. So I thought that's a really good one um, because it's a bit of a hot, hot topic at the moment as well. So if you have any questions, as I say, um, jump into the show notes below, um, send me an email or preferably get into the voice message and drop me a voice message so I can play that on the podcast I think because I think I really enjoy doing that um, I'm, I, I'm I've dropped a new video on the YouTube channel not for oh, this, I'm recording this so this will go up on YouTube as well um, but I've, I've put up a new video on YouTube which I'm um, it's a new kind of um, a new style of video that I'm trying that's a bit less boring a bit less just you looking at me talking on camera. Um, so I'd be really interested to see what your thoughts are on that. So if you get a chance, there's, again, there's a link in the show notes. If you jump on there, click on the YouTube link, go and check out the latest video and let me know your thoughts. Either comment on there um, or drop me an email. Either way, I'd be really, really um, interested to, to hear what you have to say. So thank you very much for listening, guys. I've re- it's been a, a good topic to cover today um, and I look forward to chatting to you next week. Mm-hmm.